With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a soul anchor. Hold on to the hope it is a soul. Hello, this is the Soul Anchor Podcast, and I am your host, Vidal Moreno. In the Soul Anchor Podcast, we seek to anchor our faith in the truths of the Bible while we sail across the sea seeking adventures where they can be found. One of the biggest struggles of my Christian life has been contentment. When everything is going well, I find myself wanting more. When things are not going well, I want God to take it all away. I am never content no matter what the situation I am in. And so, we have embarked on a book study of The Secret of Contentment by Dr. William B. Barclay. It is the complete opposite of a self-help book, in that it is the study of the book of Philippians that teaches that we cannot have contentment based on our own efforts. I encourage everyone listening to purchase the book and study it along with me. I will include a link in my show notes. In our last episode, we focused on the importance of suffering to contentment. Today, we need to start talking about what we're going to have to add and give up in our lives in order to find the contentment we all crave. For Christians to find true contentment, we must begin to see life in a new way. In a way, contentment is a little bit of elementary school math. To find contentment, we need to learn what to add to our lives, and what to take away from our lives. Now, we need to be very careful, because the world will try to find contentment by adding and subtracting as well. The difference is going to come in what we add and what we subtract. Typically, the world will say, quote, If you want true happiness, you need to add good things and reduce burdens, end quote. Sometimes the world says, quote, if you want to find happiness, you must subtract things and live more simply, end quote. If we want to learn contentment, we must learn what God wants us to add and what he wants us to subtract. First, contentment comes by addition, by adding a spiritual burden to our list of burdens. That doesn't make any sense. Our desire is to want to be rid of burdens. All right, here it is. Christians should, in a sense, bear the burden of their sin. Our sin should grieve us. We should be overwhelmed by its horror and by the fact that every sin is an offense against a holy God. Christians should, in a sense, bear the burdens of their sin. Our sin should grieve us. We should be overwhelmed at times by its horror and by the fact that every sin is an offense against a holy God. Proverbs tells us that the fear of God 
is the beginning of wisdom, end quote. It is right, then, as well as wise, to be troubled by our sin. One of the most controversial aspects of Puritan and traditional Reformed thought is an introspective conscience that is burdened by the weight of sin. Those who object to this argue, first, that our guilt has been removed by the death of Christ, and that God has put our sin as far as the East is from the West. Therefore, Christians should not bear the burden of something that Christ has taken away. A second objection to an introspective conscience is that instead of being inward-focused, we need to look outward. Christians who carry the burden of their sin will be ineffective in meeting the needs around them, or so the argument goes. Both of these arguments, however, fail to represent a complete view of the reality of the Christian life. On the one hand, while it is true that Christ took upon himself the guilt of our sin and has broken the power of sin which used to reign over us, but it is also true that Christians remain sinners. We may not be called sinners anymore by God. We are called saints. Nevertheless, the truth is that we are saints who sin. It is right to recognize and grieve over the sin that we still struggle with. In 1 John, John exhorts Christians to recognize their sin and to confess it, and as a result of which, God forgives them and cleanses them from unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1, 9-10. Secondly, an inward focus and an outward one are not mutually exclusive. In fact, those who know their sin and their own neediness are usually best equipped to minister to the sins and needs of others. Sin still has a foothold in our lives, even if its power has been broken. The weight of this sin even leads Paul to declare himself a wretched man in Romans 7.24. In that passage, it is obvious that Paul is still burdened by his sin. The whole chapter of Romans 7 epitomizes the believer's struggle with the sin that still indwells us. It should not be surprising, then, that Paul is contented and refuses to be burdened by external circumstances. The burden of sin swallows up the weight of all other burdens in our life. If we want to be less burdened by our circumstances, we need to become more burdened by our sin. But the reality is that the worst place to be in life, according to Scripture, is to be in a state that is displeasing to God. What we should seek to avoid at all cost is not affliction or want. Rather, we should avoid disobedience to God, because that is willful sin. If sin is our greatest burden, all other burdens are made lighter. This is quite different from the typical response of the unsaved person. The unbeliever or the worldly man asks, quote, Why should we add burdens to our lives? Instead, we should lighten our load. End quote. 
but this response to the burdens of life does not adequately deal with them. The burdens always return. The Christian's response to affliction must include self-examination. Heart-searching produces one of three things. First, the Christian might conclude that a single sin or a sin pattern is the cause of affliction. Secondly, we must be careful because the Bible does teach that some of our affliction is the result of sin. Paul's teaching on the abuses at the Lord's Supper in Corinth is clear example of this. When we see our sin, we must repent of it and rest in the mercy of God to bring relief from our affliction when and if he sees fit. Secondly, when the Christian examines himself, he may recognize in himself the sin of discontentment. Again, he must repent of his sin and ask God to bring contentment in the midst of affliction. Thirdly, when a Christian looks deeply at his life and the idols of his heart, it puts his entire situation in proper spiritual perspective. It reminds him that sin, not his circumstances, is the greatest enemy. When affliction comes, humility and recognition of sin puts us in the best position to endure the hardships. If you want contentment, according to Barclay, you need to examine your heart and let it be weighed down by your sin. Secondly, contentment comes not just by addition, but also by subtraction. A popular worldly philosophy says, the way to find true contentment and peace is by subtracting from our circumstances and getting rid of things. But this does not help in our pursuit of contentment if our hearts are not changed. Proper biblical subtraction, however, is vital for contentment. To find contentment, we must subtract from desires so that our desires and our circumstances are even and equal. This is the reason that so many who have less than others are content in their circumstances. Having little does not itself produce contentment. Rather, they are content because God has fashioned their hearts to match their circumstances. I once heard contentment being defined as wanting what you already have. So, if you want what you already have in the circumstances you are in, then you will be content. The fact that this gift to want what you already have comes from God, however, does not mean that we play no part in the process. We can and must do several things as we pursue contentment in this way. First and foremost, we need to pray. We need to pray that God will give us proper desires and that we must confess improper desires to God. Second, we need to guard our hearts. 
we have a responsibility to keep our desires in check and to root out those desires that are improper. Thirdly, we need to watch what we let into our minds and hearts. Advertisements, shopping channels, and other media can intensify, not lessen, the desires for our hearts. Instead of matching desires to circumstances, the world seeks to bring its circumstances up to its desires. They will want to change their circumstances in order to attain their desires. That is a surefire path to discontentment. But the Bible teaches that this is inherently dangerous. Paul warns Timothy, quote, Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. End quote. That's 1 Timothy 6.9. In Ecclesiastes 5.10, the preacher teaches, quote, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money nor he who loves wealth with income, end quote. Seeking to raise our circumstances to our desires is simply chasing after the wind. We may be poor or we may be rich, but if our desires are for more, our spiritual walk with Christ will be affected. On the other hand, one who learns to love and cherish what God has already given them will find true contentment. Let me repeat. One who learns to love and cherish what God has already given them will find true contentment. Thirdly, contentment also comes from subtraction in the sense of getting rid of what is within that displeases God. A contented Christian is one who has done radical internal surgery to remove the evil desires in his heart. Again, this is contrary to the unsaved mind. The carnal mind says that to acquire contentment, we must get something from the outside. But biblical contentment comes only by getting out what is within that hinders contentment. Remember, contentment is an inward attribute. It is not tied to externals, precisely because it is internal. We must get rid of those things within us that hinder our contentment. Missionaries in particular must battle with their desires for the familiar and the comfortable as they leave home to go to places and callings that will inevitably bring hardships. But the battle is no less real for the Christian who does the work of God where he is. There is always a longing for comfort, for wealth, for status and prestige. The struggle against desires for the things of this world is constant. The desires that wage war with our souls must be removed. The Christian is not to foster evil desire or treat it lightly. He must ruthlessly 
put to death the lust and impure passions within him. President Ronald Reagan made famous the saying, quote, peace through strength, end quote. For the Christian, peace comes only through the battle to purge the sins and idols of the heart. Here's some questions that Barclay would like for us to ponder. Is it proper for the Christian to be burdened by the weight of his sin? Have you had times when God has revealed to you through godly introspection sins of the heart? Does your experience with sin match that of the Apostle Paul in Romans 7? Do you agree that being burdened by sin helps put other burdens in perspective and can lead to godly contentment? Why or why not? How does this experience of being burdened by sin differ from the philosophy of the world? Reflect on your experience with your desires. Have you had times when the desire for something has led to further unquenchable desires? Have the things of this world ever truly satisfied you? What are some practical steps that you can take to begin to bring your desires down to meet your present circumstances. If you're enjoying the Soul Anchor podcast and would like to automatically receive the podcast every time I upload an episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Soul Anchor podcast is also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The Soul Anchor podcast Facebook page has the complete transcript of this episode. Like the page so that you can receive notifications when I post information about these episodes. I invite all my listeners to message me on Facebook or email me at vidmore at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. I get very little feedback and I would love to get some feedback, positive or negative. Getting back to the podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell others about it and leave a five-star review because that will allow the podcast to get more recognition in the community. Till we meet again. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.